0: For me, though, what stood out about that is that, again, there's a spectrum and there are people who are completely overlooking the revolutionary and evolutionary component of cryptocurrency. This is not just for play, play. Like, we ain't just putting money on the internet. This is a revolution and an evolution of consciousness. Like, and I feel like these two things have to go hand in hand it's not just blockchain tech and cryptocurrency and that's it it's blockchain tech cryptocurrency and an evolution of our value system um an evolution of our thinking like these things have to be a part of it because if not we're just going to make a digital carbon copy of the current system that we have
1: What's going on, GNGs? It's your boy Trek, and this is another episode of Trek and Crypto to Connect. And so, if you don't know what it's about, it's about highlighting the people at the ground level in the space who are helping to educate and empower others about cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. And so, I do that in the form of this podcast, where the first half is a daily talk, which is a recording of me going on about what I've been experiencing in my first full year of making that fiat crypto conversion and then the second half of the segment is where i actually have an interview with the person and they could be um anywhere in the world and they can do pretty much any kind of job um, or have any come from any kind of background whether they're an artist whether they're a cpa whether they're a, a, a coder or somebody who's a doctor or a lawyer um, it, it just Goes with the mission of it takes all types of folks in order for mass adoption to happen. So that being said, about what the show is, if you don't know now you do. Thanks for um, listening. Um, for the first half, I'm talking about the book Ethereum by um, Henning um, Dirich. I always mess up how to say his name. Sorry about that. But basically, it talks about Ethereum and he breaks it down as far as what it is and how it works and stuff. And um, the book. For the time that I got it, it's kind of outdated, but you'll see what I'm talking about in the um, in the first segment It's relevant information in it, but for the time that I got it compared to when the series first came out, some of the things a lot a lot had transpired since then, and then in the second half of the show, I end up talking to tiffany warren really great she was actually in mexico at the time when i was talking to her she's from cali i met her in dc um and you'll see what i'm talking about with what she's doing everyone's doing their part to help educate and empower people about cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies and we're working at different parts and levels and different paces in order to make this mass adoption thing happen and i'm really glad that i had the opportunity to talk with her so enjoy gng's What's going on, G and Gs? And here we are for another little episode. And this is an update and a progress of me and making it forward a little bit. So, in my Ethereum book, I finally made it past 110 pages. I'm probably like at 111. Mind you, there's only really like not including the, um, the annex and all that stuff. There is only I'm actually at 112. Huh? Okay um I'm sure a hundred and pages So wrapping up yeah so there's really only damn so I got a little under 200 yeah a little under 200 left to go um I have to say though like in reading what I read today it definitely um mm, Made me put some things together that I didn't think of before and what I thought I understood about the accounting process of um the Bit- the the Bitcoin blockchain and then what um, uh, um ethereum did for for their accounting process on their blockchain uh, there's a, a, a couple other things, too, that, like, um, what I thought I got about Hash and how the, uh, like, the absoluteness of a Hash to say that if you try to go back and change a character um, in something, it automatically produces a new Hash. like So you can't have a repeat, but, like, how was it explained? You can um you can have the original like text of something be adjusted all right, you know, what? never mind, I'm not even gonna get into the whole thing cause then I'll be going like into the bees and screwing myself over before I die, and I realized too, I'm definitely gonna have to read this book over again um. And one of the other things, like I said, that I do is the notes. Like, I'll write little things in, look this person up, look this concept up, or look whatever this um, technology is that they're explaining. Then there's definitely a couple of things, like, I didn't know about um, Tendermint. um, What was the other one? It was two other ones that I didn't know about. And then the rootstock thing. I don't know how I missed the rootstock situation that was going on for Bitcoin that's gonna like be able to put it on par or so or at least have smart contract capability as Ethereum we'll see how that works out Um, but yeah like I'm definitely trying to finish this book by the end of the month that's like 10 days I should be able to do that and then next month read it again Uh, because there's basically X amount of information in there that I need and it'll give me a more solid base understanding moving forward with actually making the contracts themselves which is the whole purpose of this right now. Like this is the this is the um the uh the process that I'm going through for this career change uh, one of the things I said in the beginning um, was like reading is a real big part of this if you're coming at this from the tech end and it's crazy in that the further I, I, I move along in this and um, the more exposure I have to everything, I'm seeing it more and more. Like you definitely have to read. You have to. If you're reading articles online, if you're reading a book, if you're reading some post or whatever, whatever it is, like um, on the technology side, there are things happening at a very rapid rate. I, I, I'll say it that way. There was just a conference in Miami um the what is it the north american bitcoin conference i don't remember exactly i know um um crypto blood had um streamed a couple of the different um panels and stuff speaking and it was just interesting to hear the things that they were talking about and then i'm going through this book right and the book was published out in 2016 I want to say. But they were talking about stuff that was going on in 2015? Was it 2016? Or 2017? Okay, so... Yeah. Put together in 2015. Published in 2016. So now, we're in 2018 now. So excellent amount of modern things that have happened since 2016. Like... You could almost argue that the book is outdated. I want to say obsolete, but it has X amount of the base information I need in understanding. One, what is Ethereum as a platform? Two, what is the Ethereum blockchain and how it differs from the Bitcoin blockchain? Three, what is the second layer of the, um, the smart contracts? And how smart contracts uh, are actually how they actually work as to what is it that makes them um, function to be executable and the well that's in the coin part but that base part of information is is always relevant within the book um, and so. Yeah, I'm going to continue to read the book. I'm going to reread it over. There's another book I'm actually waiting that I think that's supposed to come out this month or it might be next month. That book Andreas um, Antonopoulos wrote. So I'm going to get that book when it comes out and read through that book too. Um, the tech stuff is crazy. Like I was on Reddit yesterday. and That was like an all-day process looking up some other stuff. Tons of information, like on what's, what, what people are thinking to do, what they're trying to do, and so I have my notary license. And there was one thing in here that was talking about, like it gave you this whole list of like what you can do with the Ethereum blockchain, and it was like notarize documents and to um I forgot the word it used to bring it on to on chain right so i'm just like oh okay this would be dope as a service to offer to people it it definitely pushes it up in a whole new realm of where it's like there's no question on it was done at this time and it's owned by you blah 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 and all that fun stuff right but uh, the point being is that in reading what i've read so far it made me think of X amount of things I have going on around me that like you would consider an issue where it's like, well, how do I fix A and would this thing work? Does it work better than something that's already out there now? Or you just might find a total little niche thing to deal with that isn't necessarily the biggest thing in the world, but enough people are bothered by it and they would look to like have something that would help them alleviate the process or the basically convenience. That's basically most people right there. Whatever is like the most convenient thing, that's people. Like, oh, it's going to cut five seconds off of it? Alright, we want it. Now, if you say, oh, it's saving money? That's a whole different thing about like, which I would say is is a different category than convenience. Convenience is like, I don't have to exert as much physical or mental energy on something and most people want that uh but i really had to like get on myself the last couple of um hours or more so yesterday and it's like all right i was supposed to read x amount of the book i didn't read the book like i was supposed to and the first thing i did when i got up this morning read the book i sat in the bed i had the book right there on the bed and i was like all right i right, I'm gonna get up and i'm gonna read this book and that's what i did and like I got over my 100 pages. I'm a slow reader, which even makes it suck even more. But I'm glad that I got the book to go through and get the information and take the notes. Because now I have x amount of like project ideas or like questions on things. That's gonna be a whole other thing. Like I gotta get a whiteboard and then start writing down the questions and then going through and answering the questions that I'm getting out of, like, what I'm reading right now. As well as, like, you know, YouTube and Googling and talking with a couple of people that um, that are into the space. But, um, yeah. Something else I noticed, too, is figuring out the better time of when reading works for me. I can stay up until, like, I can get up at, like, six in the morning, do whatever I gotta go through during the day, and... Then at nighttime, if I'm like into this and losing track of time stuff, I could end up being up until like 3 or 4 in the morning and then still get up and have to go deal with work stuff, right? Well one, two, and then still get up and go have to deal with work stuff. But it's the point of figuring out what is the better productive time for reading. Um, I'm going to have to work that one out moving forward because there's... A couple more books that I want to read that are on the technical side, as well as this just in general, I want to do more reading. Like, I am not the biggest reader fan. I'm not the average reader compared to some of the people I know. I know people who will read like two or three books in a week, and I'm just blown away and envious of their, um, ability to go through books like that, you know, uh... But I'm I'm building it up. I'm slowly getting to where I need to. And, hmm, yeah, that that's just what it is right now. I just wanted to put that in there. Like, I'm making the progress slowly. So coming this week, then it's going to be starting to actually get back on dealing with the programming part. Because, yeah, I'm finding that reading the book is helping me with some of the ideas that I have about the programming, as well as like some of the base definitions for syntax and solidity. Even though I didn't get that far yet, but I'm gonna get to those chapters in a little bit. And they're not really chapters, they're more broken down into like sections uh, or groups, I guess to say. But um, that said, G&G's like, slowly but surely making progress. I can definitely say that. And then until the next one, the first half so you heard what i said I, I did enjoy reading the book um funny enough i didn't actually finish the whole book yet um that's a slap on my wrist for what was going on with me da, 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 da. but nonetheless it still is a good book but, um, and it, it, even though it is quote outdated it is still a good book to read in regards to learning about ethereum um it isn't a tough like uh, high Technical in the weeds read. So I think it is definitely a, a good enough beginner's level book to read about Ethereum. Um, nonetheless, you know, um, that's where I was. I think that was like February or something, or like March. And now I'm at a whole different place on things. And that was the first half, G&G's, But on to the second half. I'm talking with Tiffany Warren. I really like this podcast and how, how I came up with it because I get to talk to different people around the world and at the time yes she's from cali but when she was talking to me we were um she was actually in um mexico at the time so yeah that's what i like about it um and she's like a world traveler too uh, and yeah uh g just listen on and you'll get what i'm talking about like we're all doing our parts to help educate and our people about blockchain and cryptocurrency and this is what she's doing and last note, G&G's I started the sponsorship part of the Anchor um, platform and so if you get a chance look, click, listen to what it is uh, all the other call to action stuff that you're supposed to do Um, I really gotta start working on getting the sponsorship part together because it is definitely an an endeavor in order to get this podcast out between finding the people interviewing Doing the recording, editing, and then trying to make it out on a timely production uh, timeline is daunting sometimes, honestly. But I enjoy it. I'm not going to say I don't. But the help would be great if I could just get another body to be able to help me on it. I appreciate whatever you guys can do. Much love. Thank you all for those of you who are listening and continue to. So on to the second half with Tiffany Warren. Do enjoy Hey, what's going on, GNGs? Welcome to another episode of Trekking Cryptos to Connect. Um, today I have the lovely opportunity of speaking with a lady that I met in DC at the Black Blockchain Um Summit 2018. Um, had an interesting vibe to her, and then you know, we started talking and I was hearing what she was doing, and I was like, yo, I would really like to talk to you um on my podcast because you're exemplifying exactly what I'm talking about. Um, somebody who is doing the the ground level work at the front lines of, you know, looking to get the, the understanding of technology out there to the people, to the masses. When we talk about this whole mass adoption thing, um, if you don't have people actually out there showing people, you know, uh, like right there next to them how to do it. Let's face the facts, folks. Not everybody likes looking at YouTube videos. Some people need more help than just reading something off of a blog. And that's where this young lady right here comes in, Tiffany Warren. If you could just give us a little introduction to yourself Um, and apologies for the connection. She is actually overseas right now. Hello.
0: So, yeah, I'm Tiffany Warren, a.k.a. the Crypto Fae and I have just a curriculum that I started with the intention of spreading inclusion throughout the cryptosphere. My focus is on black women. However, I will teach anyone who wants to learn the curriculum and the class is called Crypto Class Digi. And I teach people via Skype and in person, one-on-one sessions, just about what blockchain technology is, how to find viable technologies to invest in, and how to actually buy crypto.
1: Okay. All right. So covered that a little right there. Um, and I mean, at this point, you know, um, not everybody's ready to be, investors or uh, ready to you know jump up and start their own company but that basic understanding of what this stuff is does make a difference um as as those of us in the space right now know the genie's out the bottle it's not going back in and mm-hmm. you know this is going to be what it is so a uh, question then is what got you into cryptos like when did you get the aha moment of all right right, i'm a, I'm a I'm aware of it. And then I know that for most people, there's a I'm aware of it. And there's another period of like, OK, now I'm going to do something to actually like get some of it or be in, in the space, so to say.
0: So I initially uh, heard about Bitcoin back in 2009 and immediately I knew like, yo, this is the future. Um, So, and why I call myself the crypto Fae is because Fae is an old word for fairy or a magical creature. And for me, I've always just had this kind of clairvoyance or really what I call it is a very intense power of discernment where something happens and I know immediately like, okay, this is something for me. Like this is an opportunity to take. So 2009, I hear about Bitcoin. I Google it and I got super intimidated by all of these things popping up and I kind of scared myself out of investing. And fast forward seven years later, in 2016, I start a new job and my partner at that job we are the only two people in our office at the time. We, sitting around talking for hours and hours, and one day he just drops that he is invested in uh, Ethereum. And I'm like, what's that? And he's like, it's a cryptocurrency, it's, it's like Bitcoin. And I was like, immediately, you have to get me invested in this. So a few days later he came over to my house and sat down with me and showed me the basics of like wallets and exchanges and how to use coinbase and what blockchain was and what um what each currency stood for like as far as like bitcoin being digital gold and ethereum being digital oil like those small things and from mm-hmm. that basis that he gave me I felt empowered enough to like start going on YouTube and Reddit and really doing my own research and from there I kind of said to myself well I remember what it was like when I didn't feel empowered in this space and that I just quit which you know for a lot of people when you feel intimidated or you think something is for people with a higher level of understanding like you know, a software engineer or something like that, you just turn away thinking, you know, I'm not smart enough for this, or I don't have enough in me to do this. So from that experience back in 2009, to being empowered by a friend to invest, I decided that I wanted to help other people feel empowered in this space.
1: Okay, wow. i I didn't get all of this of the background story per se when i first met her so like i'm like oh wow like i'm taking it like oh okay wow that's like as deep like wow like i okay i don't i how to say this i look back on how i got in and when i hear other people's stories of how they got in um Especially when I hear females um stories of how they got in, I'm always uh taken aback or saddened at at a level of how there's a um a moment of like I didn't have that feeling of not feel of that that moment of I don't feel comfortable or well, i don't mean not say comfortable but empowered and when i say I mean it as though like I got that there was the information there it was just a matter of okay I got to figure out how to you know sift through what's the relevant stuff Mm -hmm. um and then going to starting to get into going to different um meetups and things that kind of got me in there a little bit more as far as just like you know doing all your own homework on your own like I didn't necessarily uh, have somebody to guide me through Mm -hmm. and I don't know that it might be just me being the male feeling like I didn't necessarily need anybody to guide me through in the beginning. But then when you start, you know, digging in more and then you realize that there's like so much more in this rabbit hole we call crypto and blockchain um, and you can't know everything. Mm -hmm. Then you start like trying to look around and yeah, like, I don't know. It's interesting to note the differences between how X amount of the females that I know who got into the space um, had that moment of not feeling empowered or comfortable with it. Like I felt uncomfortable because it was new to me, but I didn't feel um, disempowered or helpless because I couldn't get it. Well, you know, you know
0: something about society. Uh, girls are conditioned to feel as if they are less than. That's what you know the patriarchy does. That's what sexism is. So, and at the time, you know, I'm 29 now. I was like maybe 20 years old at this time when in 2009 when I learned about Bitcoin. And I remember feeling like, like literally in my mind being like, you're not smart enough to do this. Like you didn't go to MIT because I really thought that that's who you had to be to know, not just, you know, male, female. I thought you had to be someone that worked at Google, like, and was that sort of like cerebral energy in order to get invested. And then once my friend showed me, I was like, are you serious? This is it? Like, this is like using Venmo. And he was like, Mm. Yeah. So a lot of times the intimidation comes, it's, it starts with you and believing what people or society have told you about your own capabilities. And then from there, you kind of internalize those things and then take them out into the world with you when you're engaging with things. So I think that, you know, this younger generation of like millennial women and young ladies might be the first generation that gets to overcome some of what the patriarchy has done to gender and how we socialize women.
1: Okay. Hello.
0: I'm here. Oh,
1: oh okay. I, I I didn't know if the connection um, messed up. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. Oh. Man, I gotta connect you with um. All right. Yeah, I've, I got to connect you with uh, one of my homeboys, Ryan. He's out here at Bowie State and... Mm-hmm. Um,
0: oh, you told me about him.
1: They're I working okay. to do something where they're going into the high schools um, to get um, girls interested in coding. Mm,
0: that's super dope. Yeah.
1: So, you know, um, that definitely I want to keep tabs on that one and see if I can help out more on that. But um, moving on on, on, the, on the next part. So you got into, you know, the education side of it, but like, how did you go about it? Like, what was the first step, Like aside from educating yourself to a certain level, right? What was the next step to like, get out there to like, you know, get the people who wanted to learn and have you teach them like how did you get to that stage make that crossover and then get the word out about what you were doing
0: honestly so the way this started at first it was not a business at all I really was just putting my friends on like once I knew the whole hood knew I called my sister I was like you need to I got to show you how to do this I showed my roommate I showed the candle lady who sells candles at my farmer's market like for free I was just like come to my house I have this uh, powerpoint that i made and i'm going to show you how to get invested in cryptocurrency. So it was very just like grassroots like like lower than grassroots like, you know, soil roots sort of happening.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And was- it was a few <laughs> it was a few months into it wherein, you know, actually it was my roommate who was like, you know, you can like teach this to people and make money doing it and I was like, I mean, I guess I could. And she's like, you're really good at teaching it. Like, as someone who took your class, when I was done with your class, I felt like I knew enough to invest with with some sort of confidence and and knowledge. And and also, also I knew enough to expand my knowledge on my own.
1: So from there,
0: like, her encouragement, I was was like, okay, I'll I'll do it. I'll 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 make a business.
1: Okay. Okay. Interesting. Like, so once again, this just goes to show um, how the space works out as far as there is no right way to, um, I guess, find your niche or your calling. Like some of us end up being the educated folks. Some of us be, you know, the more techie, like developer side of it. Some of us just have great business ideas. And then we you know, run across people who actually know how to do the technical side of it. And you look around you and you start pushing the idea out. And I mean, eventually something has to work out one way or the other. And I, I know that sounds really um, like wishful thinking or whatever, but like th- that's kind of how I look at it. Like, um, it's not
0: wishful thinking, it's knowing that there is a path. everyone and you just have to recognize when your ordered footsteps start presenting themselves I wholeheartedly believe that like this journey was meant for me and all I had to do was ask for it and recognize it
1: okay that ironically that kind of goes towards my mantra of the whole like you know the universe has its um its own timing and Mm -hmm um the way that things play out is like all right you're mentally putting out you want a particular thing and then somewhere down the line that thing manifests and either you're going to be on it and paying attention and interact with it or you're going to let it pass you by
0: exactly
1: you know um and i i can definitely say that from the point of this journey so far uh in in crossing the creat the the fiat into crypto space for me has been interesting um eventful and um has unbelievable surprises and i've definitely met some of the most like dopest nicest down to earth people um in this space and it, 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 it's it been a real like learning experience. Like I've been in for X amount of years as far as like being a hodler, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like my real learning of, of the technology of the ins and outs of the, of the use cases has been this like last nine months, um, compared to my all prior years in just in that, you know, like now i'm looking to make a living in it and i have to figure out how to function still within the bigger fiat society and it is a very interesting thing to try to do
0: it definitely is
1: yes um so where else uh can we go next question on well actually that part all right so you start doing you know the the freelance just spreading the information in 2016 um you're coming across different people through Skype and you know you're meeting people in person so from that point to like where here we are now in 2018 what have you noticed as far as where the people are and you know um what they're looking to take in to learn or just like a general observation of what you see in the, in the, if, if any, um, for the people that you're coming across in the space between then and now?
0: Um, well, I feel like I've noticed in the space that there it's a spectrum, you know, of either people who are here to just, make money, capitalize on this opportunity, this digital gold rush, and still work within our current social and political structure. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have people who see this as an opportunity to disenfranchise the system of oppression that has been kind of running the world. Um, Not kind of, they are running the world. So I feel like something that's made me very particular about projects that I invest in and technologies that I invest in is really their ethos and what their goals are. I feel like there are crypto purists who are here for the disestablishment of the system. And then Mm -hmm. there are people who just want to make their coins, literally make their coins and use that to elevate their status within the current system. Um, And for me, you know, there's no good or bad way to do it. I just know that I come to the space as a woman. I come to the space as a black person. I come to the space as a light worker. I come to the space as someone who stands for life. And if the goal is freedom, which for me it is, then I can't be in this space just to make money and use these crypto gains to buy you know nice cars and a big house and designer clothing I come to this space with an intention of freedom with a goal of freedom and all of my actions in this space are working towards that
1: yo when I do the um post-production edit like that that cut right there is being pushed out (laughs) (laughs) real for real real. um like so i say to people all the time like i'm in Drasian in my school of thought about um you know how the space is growing bitcoin i know as the first but i don't know bitcoin is going to be here five or ten years down the road Uh, and it may not Exactly. I am not a, um, a fan of ETFs and traditional financial institutions doing, um, you know, that, that those new, well, not new, but crossing over the financial instruments into the crypto space. But I understand that that is a part of the growing pains of what's going to happen in order for us to have the mass adoption happen. Right. And it's a real hard place to sit and watch X amount of these things play out, especially if you've been in the space for a while and you're more um, aligned with like the original ideology and concepts Mm -hmm. compared to what's really being what's more so being pushed now in the popular narrative as far as more people just looking at the money Um, aspect of it right and yeah like it's an interesting position to be in and like to hear somebody else say like yes I understand that there's a money part involved I get it but like I'm about this stuff and this is the bigger picture that matters Um, Mm -hmm. I don't don't get to hear that too often like I'm not saying everyone is just about money but I've definitely come to note the shift in how the conversations are now um, when it comes to cryptocurrency and then the shift that even happens around the, the, the blockchain technology part of it. When you talk to people now where you'll have people advocate and be like, yeah, we need to get regulated. You need more regulations. You know, governments need to do blah, blah, blah. And this is like, that's not originally how we started and there is governance in the protocols like
0: exactly
1: that's how they're that's how they work that's how it's written that's why the network and the nodes do what they do but not everybody's on the technical side of it so okay i got you but yeah it's it's interesting to see how things are shifting out now
0: and also i feel like for people to say regulation it's like regulation does not mean the government like We can self regulate. And I feel like, you know, it's easy to forget that we can't trust the government. Like, and I think that when there's money on the table, people start making concessions. Um, I remember when it started looking like Trump was finna be the president, which I knew he was gonna win from Jump Street. I was like, there is, of course he's gonna win. Do you guys know where we are and who? Who our neighbors are, like, do you know why we don't go to Mississippi? Like, come on now. Mm. So I knew he was going to be the president, and one thing that I said as you know, it got real vitriol uh, between Democrats and Republicans and liberals and conservatives. Um, one thing I said to liberals was that, you know, you're not afraid of Trump's presidency because of what he will do. You're afraid of Trump's presidency because of what you will do. Because a lot of us can talk a a big game, but at the end of the day, when he starts doing things that compromises people's humanity, are you gonna stand up for them? Or are you Mm. gonna go along with it? And I'm like, you're afraid because you know that you're someone who will go along with it. You're someone who will turn a blind eye, if not actively help, And the fear is in the actions that you will take. And I know for me that I was never scared because I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm not someone that will allow you to just harm people. I'm not someone who will stand idly by or actively participate in the harm of other people, no matter what that means for me. And a lot of people are not that person and they know it.
1: That is true. And for those who are listening, who are like, wait, what? How do we get into politics?
0: Huh? Well, if you're talking about money, you're talking about politics.
1: Exactly. I'm. I'm gonna wrap it around for y'all, right? So, um, when we talk about, you know, freedom of speech um, and how that plays out in, like, the the Republic of America, we technically are not a democracy. We're a republic. A lot of We're people don't understand democracy. that. Um, but it's a matter of If I can control how your purse strings work, i.e., you know, you are paid a low wage and so you have more than one job and, you know, the voting place closes at like midnight, but you work three shifts between the two jobs. Like, I literally know people who've done it where they worked at one job, went to the next job, and then went Mm -hmm. back to the first job. Yep. Right? So... This might sound like some really far-fetched, like, well, you know, nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to do that probably where you work, but that is a possible and if not reality for some people in, the, in like America, right? Especially um,
0: women of color.
1: Okay. Um, and like, less. So you have it that, you know, you're over here worrying about making your money for your bills. You're not necessarily worrying about voting um, and making it to the voting pool. I mean, voting poll place, right? Um, Then you get into like, well, suppose the place that you work, it is very well understood what the political sway should be for that organization, but you're not that one. Next thing you know, if you're an hourly person and you have happened to publicly say you're not going with what the overall majority for that place is, now your eyes start looking funny. Mm-hmm. You, I forgot who it was that, um, somebody, they were talking about somebody, it was a company and I don't want to throw this one out there and then be wrong, totally wrong on the name, but it was, um, some company and like, they were letting it know, like where the company stands for what side of the horse or donkey, I mean, sorry, horse or elephant you should be on, mm-hmm. um. And think
0: donkey or elephant, I think it is a donkey, donkey, donkey elephant. elephant, yeah, yeah, donkey. so
1: people were kind of like, you know, you don't look to talk any kind of politic thing at work because you knew what was coming from the top down as far as like how the company was looking to um favor a party over one party over the other, um so yeah, like that that's the basic of like what I'm trying to say is like bringing it back around to like. Cryptos as far as economic sovereignty, some people like to say economic freedom, like it matters because if somebody controls your purse strings, it eventually leads to them controlling your political voice. Not to mention, just look how lobbying works out. If you don't have the money or the option to be able to um delegate to have people speak on your behalf, guess what? The corporation heard. Rich people do, like that's and then just how. Wonder
0: why like immigrant issues and environmental issues or women's issues and black issues and queer issues are not at the forefront of our political landscape when these are the people that are the most oppressed in the system. And it's like, well, these are the people who have the least amount of financial empowerment, especially when we're talking about queer. Women of color, trans women of color. It's like, you know, these are the people that are on the bottom of every hierarchy set up in this system. So, crypto for me gives the same people that are the most oppressed the opportunity to get a foothold, a strong enough foothold to, to have their voice heard because their voices are there. We've always been here and we've always been speaking. The issue is that this is a system that has been committed to not listening to us.
1: And there you have it. Um, I don't know if you're you're paying attention to like what the different um, cities and states have going on right now, but um, I know Wyoming has some stuff going on as far as uh, crypto, but they're more for like business side Mm. uh, stuff. And that's um, Caitlin Long, who I recently just picked up on her and She's an interesting one to listen to and because she comes from the, the Wall Street um, background mm-hmm. and she flat out says, like, if this plays out the way that, you know, Bitcoin should have played out, Wall Street is not trying to hear it. And what they're trying At to do all. now is not going to be a good thing if you're in that original spectrum of how, you know, cryptocurrencies are supposed to bring economic freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, who else? California just did something I heard. Um, like I don't know if it was a city in particular that had some kind of bill passed, but like th- I think I feel like 2018 has been like the year of regulators. Um yep. In in because taking it's little popular certain, now. Right, and it, it's little certain things that are happening. So like um, I heard Utah did something. I can't remember what they were doing. Vegas is having um, some conversations and stuff going on, but Vegas also has, like, a bunch of conferences happen, um, mm-hmm. it's you know. because right now, you know,
0: so. as if I'm, if I'm correct in this, if my remembrance serves, Vegas is one of the crypto havens where, like, you don't have to pay taxes on crypto gains. Yeah. So, because they're, yeah. it, they're one of the states where, like, you don't really have to pay, like, any taxes, I guess. So they were like, yeah, we're crypto friendly because they want people coming to Vegas. If you establish like six months of residency in Vegas, you can like not have to claim your crypto gains on your taxes or something like that. Um, Puerto Rico is another. Mm -hmm. Puerto Rico. We
1: all know
0: Puerto Rico. We all know about Puerto Rico. Um, And for me, you know, at the conference, I spoke with uh, one of the panelists and she's like, you know, people don't want to be regulated. However, um, if the U.S. government passes a law and you don't abide by it, it is financial death. And, you know, she's an attorney. So mm-hmm. the way they answer questions, it's like, you ain't really answered my question, but okay, like,
1: yes.
0: Um, for me, though, what stood out about that is that again, there's a spectrum and there are people who are completely overlooking the revolutionary and evolutionary component of cryptocurrency. This is not just for play play. Like we ain't just putting money on the internet. This is a revolution and an evolution of consciousness. Like, and I feel like these two things have to go hand in hand. It's not just blockchain tech and cryptocurrency and that's it. It's blockchain tech cryptocurrency and an evolution of our value system, um, an evolution of our thinking. Like these things have to be a part of it because if not, we're just gonna make a digital carbon copy of the current system that we have.
1: I was about to clap, but I didn't want to mess up the mic sound. <laughs> like, yes. No, and it's like, I- well,
0: who wants that? I don't want that.
1: So I'll be having this conversation where I'll be trying to like, when you talk to business folks and when you talk to um, legal background folks, they mm-hmm. all have that same real, like, but we have to regulate it. We have to figure out how to control it. We have to do blah, blah, blah. And what gets me is, okay, you're talking about the, the use case part of it. I'm talking about, tell me how you're going to do that based on the technology. Because mm-hmm. as far as I understand it, you can't. You can't. It, open source. I can fork off any which way I want to. And then you know what? Like, bump it. Like you could be the person who goes that extra level and be like, all right, well, I'm gonna just give up my um my citizenship and I'm gonna be a citizen of Estonia because now they got digital um citizenship ID. Bump mm-hmm. it, I'm out. Like
0: And this is why net neutrality you- was such a huge conversation and so important, because the only way they could control it is by controlling the internet and it's like obviously the internet is censored and there are certain things that like you get buried under google ads and all of that stuff however there could be a more regulated version of the internet in the united states and across the world if companies who essentially do run the government if the companies that provide us the internet decided to regulate the internet and what we could do and see on the internet they could so essentially and when like the the conversation around net neutrality came up in my mind i was like yeah we're talking a lot about like the importance of certain searches or certain things that we're doing on the internet compared to others however what the end of net neutrality would really do would be it would give the government a means of controlling cryptocurrency and i think that's what they want to do i think that's why they want to do it because outside of controlling the internet you have no way of controlling or regulating cryptocurrency
1: all right yeah all right man i'm I feel a conspiracy
0: like I have, theorist like so. into
1: the moments today where it's like i could get real into it and I I don't, we don't have that much more time and we're we're definitely going to talk about this some more, but, um, following on to this next question and, oh, do I want to respond to that last one? Um, looking forward at the space, like, you know, uh, for what you're doing for the bigger picture of what's going on, what do you see if like any possible predictions going forward?
0: Um, well, I know what I can talk about what I'd like to see yeah so yes. and I guess that's less of a prediction and more of like a manifestation um I'd like to see decentralization move in a way wherein people are able to trust each other again and work on a peer to peer level with everything, from you know b- buying a car to getting a tutor for your kids or going to a yoga class like and I guess that's what mass adoption is however I think as far as the technology I would love to see like decentralized you know um, intellectual property
1: because
0: Mm. something and this is something that we spoke about at the summit when people are like you know Black people are so creative and we've created a lot of things. However, we don't own the intellectual property because we hadn't had the means to buy the rights to our own ideas. And something that, you know, it sparked in me was this concept of ownership and value. And I'm like, well, should someone be able to just own another person's idea or own an idea? Is that something that we should be doing? And for me, I'm like, like for instance, you know, um, what's up? When the, uh, was it Budweiser? They had the WhatsApp commercial. Oh, the
1: frogs. Yeah. yeah.
0: And okay. I'm pretty sure they copywrote "What's up." And I'm like, you know, should someone be able to copyright "What's up"? Like, literally, like a, a colloquial way of saying hello. Like, should that be something that people can do? On the other hand. If it is something that we say, like, we're going to continue allowing folks to just, you know, copyright pieces of one's lifestyle, then let's be de- decentralized about it. Let's say, like, this whole community owns this thing that they've made up. Like, um, you know, if you are from a certain part of the Bronx where people, you know, they, they say hi to each other by being like, "ayo," you know, and that's your thing. <laughs> and we We say like this is intellectual property, and you know people put it on t shirts a o and all that stuff. This neighborhood wherein a o originated, they own it, they're able to put their intellectual property on a blockchain, and everyone from this hood owns it. the whole hood owns it the 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 money is used to fund the schools and to You know, help young people start small businesses or old people start small businesses. If we can use intellectual property, local intellectual property, in a way wherein it serves the community that created it, that would be dope.
1: Okay, wow, man, this is what i was saying. Like we can so talk, we can so (laughs) talk. Oh my goodness! All right, last one. Um, so. Product or service-wise, that's blockchain technology-based, what is something that you use? Like, on a regular enough basis. It doesn't have to be every day, but mm-hmm. it has to be blockchain or crypto-based.
0: Um, I use the Brave browser.
1: Okay, I'm with you. A lot. Just, like, every I, day. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just got that whole thing squared away as far as my... um the 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 bot the bat um tokens Mm -hmm. um shout outs to samson um from brave um who helped me get that whole situation squared away which that was more annoying than i thought it was going to (laughs) be but yeah brave like every day all of my well my main two windows that i have are um, are brave brave yeah so yeah, yeah I yeah. use
0: Brave a lot because it's it was one of my initial investments, the basic attention token. But also mm-hmm. like, you know, I just hate when I Google something or at this point, sometimes I'll just be thinking about something. And this is how I'd be like, yo, the matrix is real, son. <laughs> because I will think about something. <laughs> and I know, I know, I, I have not typed this shit into Google. And I'll go on Facebook and they are advertising the thing that, i was thinking about so i'm like now either you guys have some sort of predictive software that has curated my personality to such an extent that you know what i'm thinking when i'm thinking it or y'all motherfuckers are reading my mind either way i am Mm. so over chrome and just like just not being able to like you know google some shit that i want to know without you guys taking it upon yourselves to start advertising it to me and yes in my direction, and because you know, when you were young, you would like well. Because something I like to do, I like to Google crimes just to be like, what's the what's the penalty for this shit? In case you know somebody <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way, and I yeah,
1: okay. So what's funny <laughs> and on I that have to is stop
0: like, doing that.
1: <laughs> 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 That's funny. So what's funny about that is. um I think like that with YouTube. So now I know some people are gonna hate me because I talk about the whole like living in the space off the space thing, but um I mess with YouTube because the anime collection is better, right? Compared to like um DLive, um, well not D Live anymore, but like compared to the decentralized platforms of social media stuff, so you know, um uh, DTube, D Live, um BitTube and stuff, and one of the things I thought about a while ago, like this was like last year at some point where I was just like, yo, I'm going to just start putting random stuff into my search because I'll have my phone and then I'll have something that I'm watching on my laptop or it might be something on my tablet. And you know, when you see that, that, um, the, the feed for what they show up next, some of the stuff I'm like, "Oh wow, how they know I wanted to watch that or like, yo, I'm going to watch this thing. And, um, I noticed that at a certain point, like depending on how many things or how much of a particular subject I was watching, it would like go to all of my devices. Mm. And I was like, oh, well that, uh, you know, we're going to start putting in random stuff. And then I will like let X amount of the minutes of something play in. Or like I watch something that I was interested in and then downvote it just because. Just to see, like, how how is it that, like, the algorithms are really working out? And, yeah, YouTube, I think, I mean, all on the Google at this point, right? Yeah. Um, it's been interesting to see what they've done, what Google has done with YouTube. And, yes, there are definite features and functions that are really good, but that whole, like, the algorithm thing watching you and the data mining part as far as your like your interest in pattern behavior and like that right there is fucking annoying and hence why i like the brave because it just knocks out all of that extra advertising get me to the content that i want that and um what is it go duck ducky go is it go duck i can't remember the name for the thing right now but um later. That's one of the other things I use now. So like pre search, um, duck, duck go, and and um and the brave browser. Mm.
0: Okay. Yeah, like I buy flights definite- with the brave browser because you know, once you search a flight, like and an airline knows that like you're looking to go someplace, they start
1: upping the price yes. so oh I used to do that no. so Google used to do that to me all the time mm-hmm. and then it didn't matter um, what device I was on I like so like once you get your, your ISP gets caught up in the pool like that locks you and then there's like another whole region thing that they catch mm-hmm. you in especially if you're putting your zip code on stuff yeah so yeah because I, well, I use um, cheap air to get my flights for places, yeah. But yeah, that was definitely a thing I noticed too. And like, it didn't make a difference if you did that like two in the afternoon or like three in the morning. Mm. And yeah, it was just weird to see how all that stuff was playing out. And there you go, you got me ranting again.
0: My bad. Um, okay. Yeah, Do we have so, to wrap up?
1: <laughs> yes. I, I I tell you, this is one of the things I like about the space um G and Gs where Like, you'll meet people who are just really down to earth, and it's not to say that there aren't, you know, some assholes out there, but for the most part, like, there are really cool people like Tiffany um, and others who are looking to help educate folks, help empower, you know, um, people to come into the space and be able to use this technology in their day-to-day lives. That is the whole idea behind tracking cryptos to connect is to bring people like her and the others who are out there at the ground level at the forefront um doing this and so this brings the close to this episode right after she gives her contact information so if anybody's interested in you know um helping her you know expand what she's doing or if you want to learn just give them that information if you would please
0: you can find me on Instagram at the Crypto Fae, And And um, I also have a Gmail crypto class digi at gmail.com. So yeah, follow me on Instagram or hit me up in Gmail.
1: And there you have it, folks. Um, once again, this is another episode of Trekking Cryptos to Connect. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend, share, like, do all of that fun stuff to get the word out. Um, this is about the ground level stuff. All right, have a good one, y'all. All right, G&G, there you have it. That is the second half of the interview. That was Tiffany Warren. Like I said, um, everyone does their part, and I think she has a great added value to the space for what she's doing and how it's helping people at the ground level. And I think that we need to really start you know looking at this um space and helping everyone get it right so whether the the, the quote poorest person or the quote you know gender that's not supposed to be into the techie stuff like whichever way you want to split it whatever like i'm about inclusion and i really like to talk with people who are looking to help that happen and work out right. And that's where it is right now, GMGs. Um, that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something. I hope you got inspired. And until the next one. But before that, um, I am doing the sponsorship stuff now. I will be working on getting some actually blockchain crypto related sponsors aside out of the anchor stuff. Um still call to action on share like tweet post do all of that other positive call to action stuff that i'm supposed to say and help you know other people get to know that you can be the everyday person and still be involved in crypto and if you know somebody who has an interesting story or just somebody who's in the space like i'd love to talk with them so hey reach out i'm on instagram at Trekkin cryptos i'm on twitter at smart trekking and you can find me on linkedin at treksmartconsulting.com and yeah that's me all right g and g's until the next one um learn something crypto learn something blockchain one